Hello, hello, dear listeners, and welcome aboard. This is season three of the Kill Your Radio podcast. That's right. This is the first episode of a brand new season. So we would like to uh, welcome back all of our regular listeners and thank you for the continued support. We would also like to welcome aboard all of you new listeners. Uh, It always means a lot to uh, reach out and make some new friends. So we do hope you enjoy today's show. And today's show is going to be a great one. This, ladies and gentlemen, is our tribute to 3-1-G Records and the music of the late, great Gabe Serbian. Today we will be playing nothing but music from the 3-1-G Records label and, of course, Mr. Gabe Serbian. It's a special episode because not only is it the beginning of new things here at the KYRP, it is also a day where we celebrate uh, probably one of our favorite uh, record labels uh, of all time. Uh, Between Adam and myself, 3-1-G Records truly does mean a lot to us, and of course with the unfortunate passing of Gabe Serbian recently, really sparked in us uh, the need to do this episode. So we do hope you stick around and enjoy all the great music we play you today. Today's podcast will feature music from the following 3-1-G artists and Gabe Serbian-related projects. We start things off today with Rat's Eyes, Def Club, Swing Kids, Retox, Blood Brothers, Luke Kenshaw and Gabe Serbian, Crimson Curse, Zoo, Jenny Piccolo, Head Wound City, Death Eyes, Holy Molar, Arab on Radar, Justin Pearson and Gabe Serbian, Planet B, Cattle Decapitation, and the honor of last song of the day will go to The Locust. This is, of course, the band that has introduced uh, 3-1-G to both Adam and myself. So, in our opinions, we save the best for last. And like we do each and every single glorious episode here at the Kill Your Radio podcast, as soon as we return from playing the wonderful music of 3-1-G Records, both ZombieBot and myself will return to discuss the label, the men and women behind it, and we'll also be discussing the career of Gabe Serbian. You will not regret sticking around, everybody. It is going to be a good one. Yeah. 
Thank you for tuning in to a very special episode of the Kill Your Radio podcast. Today we celebrate the music of Gabe Serbian and 3-1-G Records. 3-5-0-1-2-5-GO!
KYRP, the Kill Your Radio podcast. Alright, all right, I'm just gonna do it now. Ready? Alright, here it goes. I've paid my dues.
KYRP, the Kill Your Radio podcast, with your hosts, Fanboy Will and ZombieBot.
Hey everybody, it's been a minute, uh, but we are back today. What is going on, Adam? Yo, what up, B? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, uh, today's kind of a, a special episode here at the Kill Your Radio podcast. Oh, it is. This is a day where we uh, both celebrate uh, a, a record label that means a hell of a lot to both Adam and myself. That would be 3-1-G Records mm-hmm. and uh, a, a musician who meant a lot to us. And that would be uh, the recently passed Gabe Serbian. Uh, unfortunately, who uh, passed away at the uh, age of 44 years old. So uh, it kind of goes without saying that this entire episode is going to be dedicated to Mr. Serbian and uh, and his memory. And uh, we hope we could do uh, both he and uh, the 3-1-G label some justice with uh, this episode. Exactly. You know, um, what can we say, man? We, we talked about this label a million times during this little series of ours, you know, just the types of bands that we had, we've had, we've shared stories of, you know, me putting a shirt in the microwave, trying to shrink it, you know, like, <laughs> you know, my, my, my poor little Scottish mother going all the way over to San Diego to pick up, pick up the shirts of these, of these little bands that I just discovered over there in, uh, in San Diego that, and, uh, went on to become these giant juggernauts, you, you know, know and, uh, who would have thought I remember Scratching my stomach a, a bunch, wearing my Logos belt buckle. <laughs> Something they never That's thought right. of, you know? Like, man, it made me look like fucking like heavyweight champion of the world, you know? And I was just like, I remember, I remember how jealous I was when you got that belt buckle because when it, it had just come out, yeah. And you're like, check it out, I got it. And I was like, oh shit, that is so awesome, right? And I was like, man, my stomach is getting scratched. You just went full Mr. Gaines. I did. I, I'm gonna talk to Mr. Gaines for for the rest of my life. <laughs> Man, they can't make that thing any sharper. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, kind of uh, uh, back onto onto topic here. We we tend to to go off in in tangents, which is kind of our style here. Uh, we don't really make any apologies for it. We, we don't. We we pretty much uh, expect that everyone knows that so that's what we do uh, here on the show. But uh, as far as the music today, uh, everything we played on today's show or will play on today's show is basically. Uh, either related to or from 3-1-G Records or Mr. Gabe Serbian. Exactly. So we kind of uh, mixed it up a little bit. Uh, we played you, obviously, a shitload of uh, 3-1-G bands mm. and uh, Gabe Serbian projects, starting off with a Gabe Serbian project by the name of Rat Size. That was from uh, way back in 2010. And uh, uh, I guess most of, uh, uh, of, of the hardcore and punk community kind of knows Gabe from from being behind uh, the drum set and, and just playing a, a maniacal drums on drums all the time. Oh, but uh, he actually was a guitarist and a vocalist. And a lot of people did not know that. Uh, he kind of got his start uh, uh, doing, you know, he was playing drums and cattle decapitation, but he also started, you know, doing guitars and all that other stuff. But anyway, on this project, uh, Gabe kind of went for almost a, uh, a kind of like a black flag uh, almost kind of a revivalist sound on on this particular project. More more, more pure punk, I would say. Yeah. Uh, name of that song was "We Walk Through Walls," off of their two LP. Yes, and you know, uh, it's a good good stuff. You know, when you with the black flag thing, because it's just you know saying the name of it makes me kind of think of spray paint the walls. It's it's the same, you know, with it. You know what I mean. That or, you know, there's actually the, the, the Rollins lyric. He goes, I yeah. look through rat's eyes. 
That too. And that's that's where they got it from. And I believe that was uh, Mr. Gaines' pet. Man, rat's oh, eyes. No, I don't know. Everything's in terms so, of Mr. Gaines today, man. But, but anyway, uh, yeah, so Rat's Eyes, uh, one of the kind of uh, numerous side projects that uh, Gabe took on, uh, not only was he kind of like a mainstay, obviously, in The Locust uh, and, and other bands, but he also uh, liked to kind of branch off and, and explore his uh, uh, different musical sides, and that one kind of being the more pure punk sound uh, that uh, came out of kind of that California. Obviously, he's a, a native of san diego yes uh so so a lot of those guys kind of uh, were influenced by all of that obviously those sounds uh the black flag the circle jerks and and all that uh, important stuff that everybody should be listening to it's the best uh, stuff likes to show and I just love everything about it you know i always tied that with gsl too like the two labels i always kind of tied them together oh sure hand in hand kind very of very yeah. hand in hand you know they kind of helped each other sometimes the band would have something randomly on gsl too so you know i think we actually have one or two gsl things on here if i'm not mistaken yes but um I don't know, man. You know, to to everything from the sounds to the fashion, you know, Gabe was right there in the beginning of it of like, you know, if we're trying to think of the, was it mid-2000s, quote-unquote, emo look? Yes. They all uh, they, they kind of got They kind of got cited, well... Well, anything like uh, one thing that Justin Pearson kind of hates is that is is the tag of uh, Spock Rock. Yeah. And which is kind of what they are cited as like, well, the Swing Kids is the original band that was yeah, kind of cited with, with starting that whole look. And uh, but JP, you know, uh, Justin Pearson hates. He hates it. But. That he's not a guy to me that really comes across as the kind of guy that would be tolerant of any sort of uh, as we like to say here, we hate boxes. Exactly. Why should everything be put into a box and labeled? It shouldn't, you know, have to be that way. But it was funny how you would see all these people in like 2005, I guess it was, MySpace and stuff. It's like, oh, yeah, you got the Gabe and Justin Peterson look there, don't you? And yeah, they've exactly. never heard of it. They're just doing that because right. of, I don't fucking know these bad names. Well, to be honest, like being a Long Island kid from the Long Island hardcore scene in New York here, we had one look. It was basically bleached hair. Yeah. Uh, Ball chain necklace, wallet chain, Jankos, some sort of a hip hoppy uh, hat, yeah. whether it be like a Yankees hat or, or something. Usually a septum ring, and that was our look. It was always that was, that the, was uh, it. Baggy Hemp shirt, necklaces, baggy shirt. Like that was vest over it. And then there was the emo look, which is the complete opposite of what we were. We were like, you know, we were all casual and just like, you know, whatever. You might just say like a regular guy who goes punk would be the best way to describe. And then the emo what a New York would, be, would look like. They both have the vest though, but the emo one was a little more slim vest, but long, uh, long yeah, uh, like a long, like white collared shirt, but long. Like, like we never would have thought of dressing like with anything fitting. Like we never would have thought of that. Yeah, I did. I was wearing some tight clothes back then. Yeah, I had the tight sure. clothes. I was just like weird, like mixture of everything in one. But like you know that San Diego look. That's what it was. And then all these bands into. I don't fucking asking Alexandria. I don't know these bands really. Atreyu, maybe. But they're all trying to kind of adopt that 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 look that was like like me and Adam used to call the San Diego look. Yeah, and then we we didn't call it Spock Rock. We called it San Diego. I called it San Diego, and then it later on got turned to the emo. By then they had moved on. They started having new looks to it. You know exactly Um, because like you know like Justin Pearson hates being you know kind of like becoming a cliche. So I guess I kind of figured. 
they kind of, I guess they saw everybody showing up at shows looking like them. And, like, and they were probably this? like, this is just getting stupid now. You know, like, yeah, we've become like a caricature. Okay. And that's not, you know what I mean? And that's not really his style. No, but whatever, man. They're about the sound. Let's keep going, man. Yes. Get some good stuff here. Def Club. Uh, next up, uh, a brand new project uh, from Justin Pearson, uh, the founder of 3-1-G Records. That was Def Club with a little song that you might recognize from a band called The Pixies. That was Broken Face off of their Bad Songs Forever EP. Uh, see, they they had kind of a blow-up hit with their main release, uh, and they kind of just threw this one together. Uh, three original tracks uh, on this one, plus that Pixies cover. Yeah. Uh, being both a fan of The Pixies and uh, anything 3-1-G, I figured that would be a good one to put on. And uh, again, that one's off the Bad Songs Forever. And it's great. Brand new release. Uh, check that one out. It's also got some awesome uh, art by uh, Prentler, who's a, a guy who kind of does art similar to the stuff I do. Yes. Uh, he does like that kind of photocopy artwork, which I love doing. So it's kind of cool that a guy like that is kind of blown up. So it's, it's cool to see that. Uh, after that, uh, one of the bands that helped me discover this whole uh, crazy, kooky San Diego sound. Swing Kids. That was the Swing Kids with a little song, another cover. A song called Warsaw from a band that we both love, Joy Division. And hey, uh, they got that. Way back in 1996, Adam. Oh, goddamn. And that's exactly where they got the uh, the label name from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, people, 3-1-G, what is that, like an apartment number? Uh, it actually does kind of come into the uh, into that. But Yeah, uh, no, because they, they say, you know, like the 3-1-G. Yes. Yeah, well, that's part of the part of the chorus of the song. That's, that's yeah, where they I got it I think it had something to do with the German army or something. Like, you know, I don't know what, you know, but um, Joy Division kind of loved having, you know, well, I mean, their original name was Warsaw. So, you know, yes. and then the name of the song is Warsaw. So it's just. Well, Ian Curtis is a very deep guy, and he also was kind of a guy who was into doing a lot of reading and, and yeah. stuff like that. So, so anything like that kind of doesn't surprise me if he kind of went deep with that one, like a deep cut with uh, and a snappy, that kind of a. I like his dance. Yeah, it's funny. Like anyone else doing that, you'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? But like, since it's Ian Curtis, you're like, that's awesome. And <laughs> like, I, I like the movie. And really, if they wanted to do it over, Jim Brewer could easily pay him. Yeah, he looks a lot like I always thought that. Yeah. And he always looks like him, but he's just like, I'm in the pan. I, I, I can't do Jim Brewer at all. <laughs> I can't picture him doing that. No, he'd want to do cool a, if he could like. He's like, if they're only metal, because Jim Brewer loves metal. Oh, yeah. He loves doing like the metal stand up for sure. You know? I was listening to a shit about ACDC the other day. I was oh. fucking cracking up. Yes. He's like 120 songs, all the same song. <laughs> but but since it's ACDC, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Money grips. And then we had Retox. After that, uh, we had a, another uh, kind of a newish 3-1-G project and uh, kind of a super band of sorts. Uh, we're going to get into more details about this band uh, later on in the podcast. But for now, we'll just say who that was. That was Retox. Uh, with a song called Boredom is Counter-Revolutionary off of their Ugly Animals album. Uh, that was a 2011 release. Uh, and like I said, uh, what's cool about this one, uh, a 3-1-G release uh, featuring uh, both Justin Pearson and somebody else that we have on the show today uh, as a guest we're honoring, uh, Gabe Serbian. Yes. So, yeah, uh, that's what makes that one awesome. Uh, so check that out. Uh, if you're into, uh, you know, uh, Locust and you're kind of looking for maybe like a next chapter 
in uh, yeah. uh in where they could have went uh kind of taking a, a little bit of a different direction retox is a great band to check out again we're going to talk about them more in detail later on exactly then blood brothers um, here's another big band for me and adam blood brothers oh man it was weird seeing them on fucking mtv at one point i was like what yeah that was kind of weird I, that was like towards the tail end when mtv was kind of Kind of winding down. No, you know but there's I mean? a while. But, they're playing good stuff, though. But you were seeing cool shit. You were seeing, like, you know, uh, At the Drive-In and Thursday and things that you wouldn't have seen. Yeah, no. I, like, I, otherwise. Um, What was, you, you know, know like, I mean? Modest Mouse was all over it for a minute. Yep. And, uh, um, you know, Christina Aguilera. Um, <laughs> Christina Aguilera. Man, remember when she was with the Locust for a while? <laughs> To be laughing she had her she had her hair cut short it was all dyed black but it's funny we talk, we joke about that but then you know it sounds like a joke if it wasn't true uh Debbie Gibson seen with circle jerks covering the and now you got oh my god uh, the cat has just uh, attacked the microphone yeah oh oh she's licking herself <laughs> we're getting a full update oh she is now licking herself and there we go. She stepped on my air. She turned the air conditioner itself on instead of just the fan. Before she turned Adam's microphone off, I'm like, "Why can't I fucking hear you?" Yeah, my cat's a dick. I did. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, that was Blood Brothers. What we are the champions off of an amazing compilation called Dynamite, Dynamite with a laser beam. With a laser beam, uh, a great compilation that came out in 2002. And if you can't figure out from the title, that of course was a Queens-related compilation album. Yes, and it's so good. Awesome. So good. Now I kind of wish we had the Milk Banana song from it, too. We will rock yeah, you. Yeah, uh, but, it, I mean, what's 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 great about this one, uh, it's kind of like a, basically a who's who It was 3-1-G. Oh, my God. That's and they're, they're all covering Queen songs. What a great compilation. And um, one of the one of the better ones in, in in over the years. Compilations could either be really really cool or extremely disappointing. And this one's up there, and I remember seeing a picture of Brian May actually holding the record. Really, mm -hmm. that's awesome. You know, it just you know, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, after that I love uh, my was uh, after that was uh, another Gabe Serbian side project where he teamed up with a frequent 3-1-G collaborator, a man by the name of Luke Henshaw. Uh, you would know his work from Planet B and uh, Satanic Planet. And that one was called Variations in the Key of the Afterlife. Yes. Uh, an album that he kind of did as a little bit of a, uh, a side project where... They kind of did almost like, it, say if you took like a 70s, I can think of like a funky like 70s kind of like a B-movie, where if you took that soundtrack and kind of put a almost uh, uh, prog rock spin kind of on I like that enough. That, yeah. That to me is what you would kind of get with this. Uh, I think of like the most B kind of like in a bit in a good way because I love B movies like like old seventies sci fi film, mm -hmm. dirty, grungy, low budget, and just kind of throw on some this like crazy prog on there with just really cool instrumental stuff going on. I like it, man. And that just... is, uh, yeah, it, it's something different. If you want something a little bit different, if you're a fan of the three one G guys, check this one out. I know because again, they're not in a box. They 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 want to put something out, they do it. They, that's another good thing. It's kind of like a label that we we bring up all the time in here. Our buddy uh, Steve over at Cruel Nature, he puts out a little bit of everything. And he likes it. He puts it out. Like, it's good. 
Yes. And that's what 3-1-G has always done, too. So, which is kind of what keeps you coming back. You want to see what they're doing. Like, what are they doing now? They've got an album that's got hip-hop on it? What the fuck? You know, that's what's cool about them. You never kind of know what's happening. And they kind of throw you a curveball, which keeps it fresh. Exactly. If you know if you know the same thing and you're expecting the same thing all the time, it kind of gets boring. It's 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 comforting, you know, and it, it's reassuring to know that this label's got this sound and that's it. But every once in a while, you kind of like to have your mind blown. And that's what 3-1-G's always done. Yeah, my cat has just taken over my screen. <laughs> After that, uh, a another band that was heavily uh, influ- influential Not in us. Uh, Adam and I kind of moving on with our with our hardcore tastes was the Crimson Curse, and the name of that one was Bloodthirsty Lust oh, yeah. off of their greatest hits compilation on three one G. What was cool about the Crimson Curse is not only were they a great hardcore band, but they also kind of uh, introduced a different element. Mm-hmm. They kind of introduced that horror, uh, the death rock, yeah, yeah. The death rock with the with the makeup and uh, and it kind of like that gothy feel and the painted penis. Yes, and the silver dick, which is infamous. <laughs> Wasn't that Gabe? Didn't Gabe have uh, the silver? I don't. Was it? I can't. I'm trying to think back. I have it on VHS. Actually, I have the original. Uh, yeah, I have it somewhere. But like, yeah, I yeah, the original Crimson Curse VHS tape. The right silver up. dick. The silver painted cock flapping around. Yes. Uh, if you haven't seen it, uh, you might still be able to pick it up. Uh, you can always ask me, and I'll, you know, maybe if if you're nice and you. And you buy something from three one G Records, I'll I'll make you a copy. You know, because I feel bad making a making a bootleg. Glad to hear it. Here it goes. But yeah, uh, one of those bands that kind of was one of the bigger ones for me and Adam. With us, it was kind of the big three. It was basically Locust, Swing Kids, and Crimson Curse were the yeah. were the big ones <laughs> for, us. for us. Oh, there goes Debbie purring into the mic. What an asshole, Debbie. <laughs> She's not leaving too. I've tried to kick her out three times. She just keeps coming back. Adam's cat is a is a very cute pest, but uh, we'll allow it. She really likes me. <laughs> After that one was a 2014 release by an awesome band by the name of Zoo. Uh, this is kind of like an Italian crazy math rocky prog band. Throws a little bit of everything into the hat and comes out with some awesome records. And uh, this happened to be a band that Gabe Serbian hooked up with for a little bit. Uh, in 2014, he recorded with them for their Goodnight Civilization album. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is a song from that album called Silent Weapons for Quiet Wars. And this is one of those ones that I kind of discovered late on because around 2014, I was kind of getting out of everything. I was like, I'm going to listen to what I know. And then, you know. I'm rediscovering all the stuff within the past like year or two, you know, the stuff that I missed in like for a good ten year span or whatever. And another kind of a, a kind of random side note, which kind of makes it almost uh, uh, kind of like weird and full circle. Uh, this is actually a band that uh, has collaborated with another uh, person who's worked with Three One G, Mister Mike Patton. Yes. So everything kind of comes full circle in the musical community. It's very strange. It really is, and that's block one. Debbie. That's block one, everybody. Uh, we do hope you enjoyed it. We will be back with even more 3-1-G Gabe Serbian goodness with block two. And of course, we'll be back to talk about that. We're also going to talk about the label 3-1-G Records and discuss the career of Mr. Gabe Serbian. That is when we come back.
God. I can't believe it's finally happened. I just killed my radio. It was only a matter of time. Now there's radio blood everywhere. What do I do now?
everybody out there who's listening. It's Mom here. And listen, you listen to my son's favorite show, the Get Your Radio Podcast, where they play all this stuff my son likes. They play punk and metal, and they play the hardcore music, and they play the hippie hop, and they play all sorts of stuff I don't like. Okay, but anyway, you should check them out because they're really great. Bye!
Thank you for tuning in to a very special episode of the Kill Your Radio podcast. Today we celebrate the music of Gabe Serbian and 3-1-G Records.
Upon further study of the human species, it has been determined that the Kill Your Radio podcast is suitable entertainment for our people and transmission all over the galaxy.
Hey guys, we have returned, and uh, that was another block of 3-1-G Gabe Serbian goodness. Starting off with another oldie but a goodie when made back in 1997, that was Jenny Piccolo, the song by the name of Shutdown, also a band. It was a band. And that, <laughs> and that was from an album called Information Battle to Denounce the Genocide, of course, on 3-1-G. That was another band that was kind of a big one for us. Adam. It really was. I remember the first thing I got from them was the Locust Split. Was it a that was five the split? Inch? Yeah, with the nose coming off. The nose coming off. I still have it right behind me over there. I know exactly what box it's in. Because it's a dope picture disc. It really is, and that was like one of my first tastes into like straight up power violence. You know, like not grindcore, not fastcore. You know, where people well, that was like, like when 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 the Locust started out, they were more pure. Yeah, there are power violence, pure yeah. power violence. Where you know people are calling like this band and this band. I'm like, no, that's technically fastcore. They have more of like a right. deep wound sound or something. But like the that's what the kids are calling it now. They're calling it fastcore. That and uh, what else are they calling it? Oh, there's so many things. But like you know, true power violence has those chords changes where it's like, you know, it's just the. It kind of follows its own structure, kind of like D beat. You know, D beat follows its own structure. You mean the discharge beat? But yes. um, I should not have been playing drums at my table because Debbie thinks that's a game. She is really adorable tonight, but she really wants my attention. I could see. Uh, Adam's cat is on an absolute attention fucking finding rampage tonight. And it's great because when I'm done with this, she'll be in the living room. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm over it, bitch. That's what she'll say. You fucking bastard. I love you, Debbie. Anyway, after that was a band, uh, a kind of a, a, a super band of sorts, uh, kind of what's become almost a uh, almost a 3-1-G trademark where they've kind of made up their own little super groups. Uh, that one is one of those, and that one is Head Wound City with their song Radical Friends off of their self-titled EP. Uh, what makes that one so super, you might ask? Well, you've got members of the Locust, you've got Blood Brothers in there, and you've also got uh, a member of the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. So you put it all together. And it's that. And you've and got, got a bit of a, a, a super group. I remember when that came out. That was like huge in Brooklyn. Um, mm. You know? Well, you've got the Yeah, Yeah, Yes uh, connection. Yeah. So. You got the Yeah, Yes connection in there. Um you know, they were as big, and then at the same time, everyone was all about some girls. Yes, that's another another three one G connection. You know, that's the other. You got Pearson in there. Uh, you got uh, who else is in that one? And on some uh, girls, they had Karen O did a song with him. Yes. You know. Oh God, Debbie! Stop attacking my leg. Well, but like, uh, but like we said uh, earlier, uh, everything kind of goes uh, full circle with hardcore, where. Uh, People kind of end up doing a project and they end up doing something else with them. And before you know it, there's usually a band that's involved. And it's great. And uh, that's always kind of been uh, the thing with 3-1-G. They have like their stable they work with. They usually kind of bring in a person or two and then they kind of become fixtures. So it's awesome, uh, which kind of uh, proves that 3-1-G is a great label because people don't seem to mind coming in and uh, and doing projects with these guys. So something must be working there. It really is. Uh, after that, uh, kind of one of the uh, uh, new people at the uh, 3-1-G stables. A, an awesome group by the name of Death Eyes. The name of that song was NPI. 
Uh, I'm going to try my best pronunciation here. If I get this wrong, please don't hate me. We've tried it in the past. I seem to do okay, I guess, with the pronunciations. You do. Uh, but this is Sila Ravancha Fuera Una Opción. There you go. And uh, that is kind of a uh, another bit of a uh, uh, maybe maybe not as much a. Uh, a super group as it is kind of like familiar faces. You've got members of Rat Size in there. Uh, you've also got members of Death Crisis. Uh, again, a three one G project, kind of a abrasive hardcore with kind of like an interesting vocal style. It's a little bit out there. So if you want something a little bit different, you want something uh, uh, a little three one G. They are the uh, perfect choice. They are. After that, uh, speaking of super groups, good old Holy Molar. With oh. Cavity Search off of the Cavity Search EP. That is the second release from uh, the supergroup Holy Muller. Think basically the Locust fronted by Charles Bronson uh, vocalist Mark McCoy. I remember getting that, and I, it was the clear vinyl with the tooth. I have it behind me. We got it together. Remember, we were like, holy shit, this is good. Because yeah. we're both huge Charles Bronson fans and Locust fans, so I remember we both bought this at like the same time. We were marking out really hard for it. And then we went back. Uh, I think it was that night. I think we got it at like Generation Records or something. Probably. And then we went back that night and like called each other and we're like, dude, how fucking good is this? It was so good. Because it's like the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup situation. You know, you got the two great tastes. In one. Put them together. And there you go. My ass was obsessed. Exactly. Uh, it's it's kind of a pity that uh, uh, this band kind of didn't do much. They just kind of made the... Uh, uh, for the most part, I think just the two releases. Now's it. Uh, but uh, that was it. It was kind of lightning in a bottle. Uh, you had, you know, Mark McCoy, who obviously came off a, a huge thing with Charles Bronson. They're still giant uh, and still influencing people. And then you got uh, the Locust, who still, again, to this day, is kind of a similar situation. So it was actually the perfect idea if you thought about it. You and know, it was just, perfect. Uh, and they, they knew us, you know, they knew people like us would just eat it up. And we did. And it was fucking great. Kind of custom tailored to our situation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? After that was uh, another influential band, at least uh, in, in in my side uh, of the fence. Uh, that was Arab on Radar with a song called Spit Shine My Asshole. <laughs> that was off the Queen Hygiene 2 Rough Day at the Orifice album. And uh, a, a wacky, crazy band out of Rhode Island uh, who ended up becoming kind of uh, 3-1-G uh, stables. And they're one of those bands, like, one of the better live bands. I mean, the singer kind of looks like uh, David Arquette on speed. And, like, <laughs> so much energy. Remember him, like, spitting on himself? This is like a normal guy that's just lost his fucking mind. And that's because he looks like a normal dude. He kind of looks like a David Arquette face, you know? But Yes. And he was good, making uh... the weird faces and then that energy where he would just kind of, like, act like a robot sometimes. Like, he was just crazy. But <laughs> fantastic band live. I think I saw them with the Locust and... Couple of, I think I've seen him like three or four times, mostly with the Locust. Yes. It was always good, you know. But uh, what's what's cool about uh, this particular uh, uh, collection here, uh, this is, again, Queen Hygiene 2, Rough Day at the Orifice. Uh, this is basically their first two records that were on different labels. Uh, but uh, since I guess they kind of became obscure, since they weren't on kind of like a, a more uh, in-your-face kind of label, 3-1-G kind of picked them up and put them together on this one little collection, making it a little more easy for collectors to... Find have it. them, yeah, and uh, that was the uh, end result. Was uh, this awesome little uh, collection here? 
so yeah, uh, if you like things that are really out there and kind of, uh, uh, but but kind of have that uh, uh, hardcore aesthetic to them at the same time, perfect band. And it's good. Get it, people. Kind of like uh, the Locust kind of has that feel as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the Locust, uh, next up, that was Justin Pearson and Gabe Serbian. Uh, uh, just a two-man team up on that one. Two members of the Locust with old age lasts too long. What's cool about that one is it is actually from a, uh, a little film by a filmmaker by the name of Asia Argento. Uh, the name of the movie was called Incompressa. That was off the soundtrack. And uh, what's cool is that uh, both Justin Pearson and Gabe Serbian ended up uh, having roles in this movie and uh, did uh, the music for it as well. So if you want to kind of uh, trip down memory lane and kind of uh, bug out at the same time, you could uh, check that one out. Uh, that was a 2015 release. Yeah. Wow. Feels like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's crazy. I look at some of these like dates. dates and I'm rattling off and I'm like, it was that long ago. Like I, I, I just, I can't believe that it, like that much time has passed. The past like 10 years or so have felt like a couple of days. Yeah. It's crazy. I think it's, been, it's been so much going on. Mm-hmm. Like, since we left college, so much shit has happened. Yeah. Like, it's been... I think it started with, like, 9-11, and then it just kind of went from there. So much shit started happening in the world. Like, it's obviously a terrible way to start, but to me, that's kind of where it all kind of started. Just, like, the world kind of going crazy. It did. It was just, like, the start of 9-11, and then after that, like, just everything was just a blur. It's all You know, the years just kind of went by, and uh, I don't know. (laughs) It's getting crazier every day. Unfortunately, uh, we need to do something about those fucking gun laws government. So do something about it. Uh, after that was a, another kind of newish three, one G project, a band by the name of planet B featuring, uh, Justin Pearson, another man I mentioned before, Mr. Luke Henshaw, uh, that was called bad girls. That might sound familiar because that is actually an MIA song. You remember MIA? I, I do remember MIA. And, uh, again, they were one of those, I guess, MAI, she came out post-college, wasn't it? Yes. A little bit post-college, like the past, like, maybe three, four years. Kind after. of on the, on the, on the cusp of us leaving, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, God damn, I'm just, I'm not good with time anymore, so I might be getting years <laughs> wrong. We're old, so it's, it, it just goes with the territory. I'm but, turning uh, 76 this year. <laughs> I'm, uh, I just turned 47, but my back feels like it's about 89. My I back know. is fucked. I'm hitting 44, B. That's what's up. Fucking whippersnapper over here. But, uh, uh, yeah, with that particular band, uh, of course, like I said, you're featuring uh, Justin Pearson on there. You've also got Luke Henshaw uh, on production of that one. What makes Planet B kind of a standout uh, from uh, the other three 1G acts is they kind of, they're like the, uh, like like a little bit of everything thrown into the blender kind of a situation yeah but different because they're introducing something that isn't really very familiar to most 31g people uh as far as stuff that's put out by that label anyway uh they introduced like hip-hop which is interesting uh i never thought you know i'd see that on 31g but uh planet b has collaborated with cool keith who is uh actually one of our kind of favorites here always has been i mean all we gotta uh, say is so you kind of take that industrial kind of that industrial feel mixed with hip-hop You've got hardcore. You've got kind of like that dance, uh, like music mixed into it as well. It's just, and you've kind of got a uh, uh, an idea 
of and what you'd expect. A bunch of be. crazy, but it works. And I don't think you can walk by Johnny Rockets without mentioning. Thinking about Cool Keith. You know, it's true. Is Johnny Rockets still <laughs> that is open? such an inside joke. Still open, right? <laughs> I don't know. I think that I think there might still be a chain. I don't know. Johnny Rockets, B. The only one I've ever seen is the one I used to walk by in the city costume. Yeah. Johnny Rockets, B. Yeah, we had a tradition because of the Cool Keith song. Every time we walked past, we had to say Johnny Rockets, B. Because of the, what the I think it was a Cool Keith lyric off of, I think it might have been Dr. Doom. It was on Dr. Doom. Where he was like, he's like, you step into me, you can't even afford a small soda from Johnny Rockets, B. Dude. So whenever we walked past Johnny Rockets, our tradition was you have to say Johnny Rockets, B. For whatever reason. Yo, he was a weirder than us, wasn't he? <laughs> That's why Cool Keith is awesome, because he's just so fucking out there. You know, he was kind of like the modern day Funkadelic in one person, you know, just the, the yeah. weird. I don't know. He would have fit into that uh, Keen Peel sketch. Yes, yes. <laughs> with the uh, the crazy funk band. Crazy funk thing. <laughs> it's like a soul serpent. Kawasaki hamburger bun or something like that. Automatic pork belly galactic super train. Like Susan. Something like yeah, something like that. Something with a something sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like tickle sneeze or something. And this is like, I don't know, man. I'm just talking about the trains and galaxy. <laughs> it's like, what is this song even about, man? I don't know. I'm, I'm just talking hung- about trains. I'm just hungry to talk about the trains and galaxy. I think that I think they're they're they're, they're, they're falling for it. <laughs> Oh, do, such do, a good do. show. My mom just texted me about the Bob's Burgers movie coming out this Friday. Like, I didn't know. Sue Sue was texting you about uh, Bob's Burgers? Yeah. That's interesting. She does that. She loves telling me things I already know. She's like, WrestleMania's this weekend. Yeah, I know, Mom. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah, Mom, I, I knew about it, you know, forever ago. Jesus. Anyway. Oh, Mom. Thanks, thanks Captain Avi, Mom. A little bit of a Raj laugh for it. That's like I had like for a while I had like my mom and my dad obsessed with cutting out newspaper articles about stuff I was interested in giving it to me when they saw me like, I've got a computer. What are you handing me this? Like, <laughs> like I know how much you liked comics. So I cut out this article about Stan Lee being dead. It's everywhere. It's all over the news. Hey, but you know, I was like, look, don't, if you're not giving me the full newspaper in pristine condition, I don't want anything. I want the entire issue. I don't want a clipping because you've already taken away the value. Okay. (laughs) You've already decreased it by at least 20%. You know what? You know what this is for you? Crumble, throw it in your face. Bye. This is what you get for having me, bitch. In your face, Billy. In your face. They spit in her fucking eye. We love our mean-spirited humor here at the KYRP. Oh, oh, it's getting dark outside. I wish I was in the other room. Is that when the freaks come out? Yeah. No, if I was only doing the show from the living room, I would go like this right now. <laughs> Sounds like the fucking dinner bell. Because you know if I was in the other room, you know what would happen. Somebody downstairs would go, God, what has happened to my life? 
What was the last thing she said? She said something funny. Hooligans. First, it was, what did I do to deserve this? The second one was what? Hooligans. <laughs> Hooligans. For all of you who don't know, uh, Adam lives upstairs from an old lady, and he and he loves, just for shits and giggles, to knock on his uh, uh, desk upstairs, which in turn goes down through the floor into the old lady's house, disturbing her, thinking that there's either somebody playing ring and run by knocking on her door or knocking on her window, when she fails to recognize that the fact the sound is in fact coming directly from above her from a neighbor upstairs. <laughs> and he constantly tortures her with it. A full-grown adult doing this. A man who's going to be, uh, what, 45 years old. 44 years old is doing this thing for no reason. Just just for his own pure fucking enjoyment. What did I do to deserve this? That was the best response, I think, out of all of them. What did I do to deserve this? It's so dramatic. So dramatic. <laughs> Why me? <laughs> How can I help? That was the guy outside. Hell! But anyway, we're 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 going we're going into we're going into tangents like we always do. We're not going to do it. I'm not going to let it happen. Oh, okay, I'm, not gonna let it happen. I'm good. I'm good. After after that was a, another Gabe Serbian related piece of work. Uh, his first uh, band that was Cattle Decapitation. So good. With uh, molested, digested off the Homovore LP. Um, what was cool about that one is, uh, Gabe started off playing drums in Cattle Decapitation, uh, and then kind of, uh, they had their little lineup changes here and there, and Gabe shifted on over to guitar, uh, for this one. And, uh, what kind of, uh, was the signature Cattle Decapitation sound was kind of like that, uh, gore grind. Yeah. Uh, but what was cool about that is they had the gore grind, but they were also like, had a vegan sensibility. I know. Uh, I was just going to say Which it. was what is awesome about uh, cattle decap? They were, uh, but like me. But that sound kind of uh, uh, morphed over the years. Uh, they went through kind of lineup changes and rearranges and whatever you want to call it. And then uh, they kind of—they're uh, still going strong, uh, still, uh, still putting out stuff. Uh, but uh, Gabe uh, moved on uh, from cattle decap and ended up going uh, on over to the Locust. I cannot see my notes right now because of a cat in front of me. No problem. I will. I will pick up the slack after that. There we go. Was uh, the last song of the day for us here? That was the locust. Oh yeah. Uh, I saved what is probably our favorite three one G piece of work for last. Uh, that would be the band the locust uh, with their song "Moth Eaten Deerhead," off uh, uh, an important record for me and I'm sure Adam as well. Their oh. first full length. Yeah. That was the 1999 self titled the locust. An album that's uh, quite a few songs deep and runs under 20 minutes. And I believe, was that the same song that was in Cecil B. Demented? It might have been. And that's another uh, connection with uh, yeah. 3-1-G. And, Which was uh, weird. I remember. Ed Gabe and everybody. When that was in, like, when that came out, like, the locusts are in a fucking movie. I remember seeing that in the theater. And and it didn't kind of, and it didn't hit me until after that it was, uh, uh, you know, obviously members of the locusts were just, uh, doing work in there. So Yeah, but no, but it, they, I think it was like a straight up, I think they actually played Moth Eaten Deerhead. Because, yeah, John Waters was like a huge fan of the locusts. He's like. Yeah, he's, uh, that was just going to mention that. And to this day, they're still. Uh, like they just had a thing recently 
uh, and uh, John Waters ended up showing up. I think it was something for Def Club, and uh, yeah, he loved John it. Waters ended up uh, showing up and uh, being a part of it, which is uh, super awesome because uh, he's also a hero of mine. He's uh, kind of one of those out there filmmakers. I'm also a giant uh, cinephile myself. So, uh, you know, uh, John Waters has always been kind of a hero of mine, um, exactly. kind of one of those out there wacky nerds that just uh, happens to be a filmmaker and uh, has done some of the more shocking, uh, crazy movies uh, over the years. And he was exactly the same. Yeah, man. He never fucking ages. Uh, I don't know what's uh, what's in uh, what's in whatever he's uh, sipping on, but uh, he never ages. He's been the what's same What's in forever. the water that he's drinking? I was just going to say that, but I was like, that's too stupid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I don't know. And his mustache, ne- his mustache never filled out. It was, it was yeah, his- man. He's got that. No, he's got the tiny. That's the trademark. The little the John Waters mustache. Yeah. It's, you know, you know, he does not have that Steve Harvey. Harvey gate. Harvey. Oh, hell no. Steve Harvey. Harvey. <laughs> I thought you said Harvey. The Steve Harvey mustache. I keep getting. It sounds like a come eat at hobbies. I keep getting. Clips from like Family Feud on my Instagram feed. I don't know why. The best is when Keenan Thompson does it. His eyes get giant. Yeah, he gets so big. <laughs> he does a really good Steve Harvey. He does. I'm glad that he didn't leave this year, but you know, SNL like a lot of people left this year. You know, like Pete Davidson. I mean, Pete Davidson. I like him. Okay. He his stand up is funny as fuck. Yeah, like his like his stand up is really really funny. Here we're going out to a tangent, but anyway, but Pete Davidson his stand up is really funny. But as far as being an SNL cast member, he's really hasn't contributed a whole hell of a lot. Yeah, he's more for like outside of it, and like he's also kind of really getting big in the music world too. So for him to kind of leave SNL, it's like you could take it or leave it because he really didn't contribute a whole hell of a lot. I'm not saying this to be like, I hate him. I don't yeah. like him. I'm saying this because I do like him. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, him leaving, you know, it's not like 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 Phil Hartman dying or something. You know, yeah. like, that was a big fucking deal. You know what I mean? And Keenan can't leave. He's been the longest cast member of all time. Yeah, man. Uh, who was it before that? Was it Tim Meadows? Tim Meadows. Yeah. Tim Meadows knew where his money was coming from, but now he's doing okay. He, he got that Goldberg's money. Yeah. He was brave enough to be like, I'm done, man. Not to say that Keenan's not brave. He's just, you know. Yeah. And Keenan got canceled, man. I like that yeah. show. It I sucks. thought that show was good. Him, Chris Red, Don Johnson. Um, what's her name who played Poppy on Single Parents? I watch way too much TV. <laughs> Adam is the king. the TV king. My whole thing I bring up these shows that no one remembers. <laughs> New attitude. Like like Shirley Hempel's <laughs> Taxi cab sitcom. One in a million. One in a million. (laughs) One in a million. It's kind of like what's happening in music like DC Cab. Straight to the top. Dude, DC Cab's a movie I got to watch again. That was a good movie. That's a good movie. Mr. T, baby. Mr. T, who just turned, uh, I think, 72, I think. Something like that. 72. Yeah. Happy birthday, Mr. T. I think he had the greatest... WWE Hall of Fame speech where it's all about his mom. He's like, man, I know oh, I love ever, my mom. Don't ever talk about mama. If you talk about mama, you are curtains. Dude, and it was like a good like 15 minutes that people have to like walk in to get him off the stage because he kept talking about his mom. All right, man. He, he knows where it's at. Nothing to do with WrestleMania 1 that he was in or boxing, you know, Piper in WrestleMania 2, you know? 
Piper hated him, by the way, because he was such an, you know, an outsider to the business, and Piper was so pure to the wrestling world. Yeah. A little bit, Piper, no, you know what I mean? It's kind of like... Let me tell you something about Mr. D, huh? Huh? You want to tell me something about Mr. D? And Piper I'll tell you about Mr. D. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, because back then, you know, Piper is still kind of protecting the business, but now it's kind of like, we all know, we all know anybody... Oh, Snooky's going to wrestle now? Great. Ah, Snooky! He's coming in. Snooky from Jersey Shore. Yeah, that's a really bad WrestleMania thing with her wrestling and wrestlers on the card didn't get on because of Snooky. And they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> that is such an insult. Oh, yeah. You want that you no talent piece of shit. Oh, I know you, you, you've you been touring with us for the past year. You, you've you missed your kid's birthday you've party. You've got to move over for Snooky. <laughs> that's not a fuck you or anything. Yeah, for the dead. Oh, you missed your kid's birthday. You missed your child being born for. So proud. You sorry, Snooky. She got your role. Sorry. <laughs> Enjoy catering. Instead, the Guinette from Joyzy got your fucking uh, spotlight for tonight. Yeah. Enjoy sitting in catering. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you could count how many beans are in this dish right here. Okay. Keep yourself busy. Oh my god. Sorts of what napkins. You paid your dues. What the fuck does that matter? Snooky's here. Oh, God. And then Drew Carey was in the Royal Rumble once. But at least he was... What? Yeah, he was really funny with it, though. He got in, and then Kane got in, and then he tried to pay Kane, give him money, but that was before Kane spoke. So that was funny, at least. Snooky was just kind of like, who are you? And, uh, Michael Che and Colin Jost, they were in in, uh, in it once. Um, you know, wrestling. Yeah, they were wrestling once, you know. But you could tell they were fans. Um, just a bunch of random people. Snooki is like the biggest, like who? And then a couple of people now that I'm like, I don't know who this motherfucker is, you know. And then like, oh, they're a big TikTok star. And I'm like, I don't have the TikTok app. No offense yeah, to those I, who I, have it. I'm just, we're, I think we're we're not the age group for TikTok. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm I'm too old to just know or care what the hell that even is. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I think of is I think of just a bunch of a bunch of kids dancing around doing the choreographed dances. That's that's what I think of. I, I don't yeah, know. and then you know, that's all it is. We're boring. What are we gonna do? Show off our record collections? <laughs> record, <laughs> record. What the fuck is his accent coming out? My record collection. Record collection. Yeah, I got the fucking record. What are you gonna do about it? I've been personed. Records. My knuckles are like this from going through the bins. <laughs> They're calloused and raw. Rugged. <laughs> Lord Alfred Hayes. Smooth. Rugged. Smells like a man. Brute. Oh, Lord Alfred Hayes and his fucking... Lord Alfred Hayes and his horse massive cock. wong. Would fucking go to people. What time is it? And that you wrapped around his wrist like twice. He fucking throw his dick on the concrete and crack it. <laughs> like a little arm holding an apple. <laughs> you think he got rug burns on his dick when he walked across the floor? Like, oh no, rugged. <laughs> anyway, everyone, what a, what a classy way to, to to end the musical portion of our show. <laughs> but but anyway, we're going to be back uh, after this to discuss 
in graphic gurry detail, 3-1-G Records, uh, the people behind it, uh, the people behind the bands. And we're also going to be discussing uh, the career of Gabe Servian. So stick with us, folks. We will be back shortly. Hello once again, ladies and gentlemen. It is your good buddy, Fanboy Will here. And guess what? You made it through part one of our salute to 3-1-G Records and the music of Gabe Serbian. Join us next time where we will be discussing the more technical aspects of the 3-1-G label uh, as far as a timeline, uh, as far as the bands, as far as the people behind the bands, and of course, the career of the late great Gabe Serbian. If this sounds like a good time to you, it sure does to me, please join us next time for the Kill Your Radio podcast. We'll save a seat for you.